Yo, 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 yo. Welcome to episode number 89 of the Basketball Card Podcast. I am your host, Adam. You can reach me at the Real 27 Guy on Instagram. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by PWCC. PWCC has nearly 11,000 items ending this Sunday, including two cards that I absolutely love. The 1968 Mira Tudo Sport cards of both Wilt and Alcindor. Why do I love those so much? Well, I love firsts, right? The Alcindor Tudo Sport predates his 69 tops. How cool is that? It's older than the tops card. Um, and for Wilt, it's awesome because all he has before that is the Fleer. Neither one of them are sitting too crazy high right now. They're part of, again, 11,000 items ending this Sunday at PWCC. Check them out on pwccmarketplace.com today. I saw a post today on Blowout Cards um, called Mount Rushmore of Basketball Cards. The post was started by a user named PCP Trade. Um, you have likely noticed him or his Instagram before. His Instagram is iCollector23. He is not somebody who I would say I am close to in the hobby. I have communicated with him briefly on a few occasions, but he's not somebody who I know or that I have a close relationship with. He is somebody, though, that I really admire. And I say that because he's somebody who talks about cards. That's what he wants to do. He wants to talk about cards. You go to Blowout and you see the threads that he starts. You see the way that he talks on his Instagram, he's fantastic. One of the things that he did on Instagram is he actually found 22 of the 23 LeBron James RPA images. That's the gold jersey numbered version of the RPA. You've probably seen that post already. It's amazing that he was able to find 22 of the 23. I, I think he owns two of the 23, which is unbelievable. If there was a single LeBron James rookie card, I would actually want to own I mean, other than like the Ultimate Collection Logo Man Auto, um, it's that card. The out of 23 is rare enough. It's four times rarer than, than the out of 99. It's out of the jersey number, obviously. It's got that great long autograph. Um, sadly, the card is well into the hundreds of thousands of dollars and has sold before for millions of dollars. In fact, a nine, I think, sold for four million bucks at one point. So it is a huge, huge card. And um, anyway, so he, he posted this um, awesome story on, on his, um, or awesome thread on Blowout um, that's worth sort of thinking about. And I want to talk about that today. And to start it off, I want to talk about easily the number one card on the list and an experience that I had with this card this week, okay? No matter who you are, no matter what your experience is in basketball cards, You've got to know that the, the card on the Mount Rushmore, the number one card, without question, is the Michael Jordan 86 Fleer card. Some people are going to talk about how that's not their favorite and how they like the star more and there's other Jordan cards that are worth a lot more money and they're going to say blah, 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 blah all these different things. Here's what you've got to know. From a, um, from a cultural awareness perspective, from a market cap perspective, the Jordan 86 blows everything else out of the water. It just does. In basketball. Now, if we're going to include other sports, obviously, it's not necessarily going to be at the top. When we did the iconic 100 at PWCC, which I administered, uh, it came in number two. I personally had it number three behind both the Honus Wagner and the 52 Mantle, but, but it came in second. And I think the reason that it came in second ahead of the Wagner is because there's more modern collectors that don't know the Wagner. They don't know that story. The Mantle, though, was pretty easily number one ahead of the Jordan, and then Jordan barely beat out Honus. 
Um, anyway, I want to tell you guys a story about this MJ, though, because I learned something this week that was super interesting. I had some education, uh, sort of, I was educated on something, and I think it's, I think it's really interesting. You might have seen my um, reel on Instagram about how um, the image, I, I, did a, I did a reel on the 86 Fleer Jordan, and I made four points about the card that I thought were things that people didn't know. One of the things I discovered in my research is that all three, uh, the image of the Jordan 86 Fleer, the 86 Fleer sticker, and the 84 Star 101 are all against the New Jersey Nets and all in the Meadowlands arena. And they were all from his rookie year. That's an incredible, um, that's an incredible thing that, that, that all three of those are, were, play, were p images taken in the same place. And it was all, it's, it's even more sort of incredible that I didn't know that. And I think that the majority of the, of the hobby doesn't know that. So let me say it again to make sure it's clear. The three first cards that you think of when you think of like iconic rookie era Jordans, the 86 Fleer, the 84 Star, and the 86 Sticker, they're all against the New Jersey Nets in the Meadowlands. And so one of the questions that I asked was, are these like, are these cards actually like all from taken from the same game or the images taken from the same game? And I figured that somebody else had looked into this. And so I looked online and I found um, a website called jordancards.com. And there's a, there's a really long, cool article in there. And what that person does is he uses like the photos to match up to the games, but not like, not like he could look at the photos and then find the video of the games because it turns out that like although these games were televised there's not you can't actually access the videos of these games which is kind of surprising you would have thought that something that was only you know 39 years ago that there, that there would be video out there for them but there's no video of like the Michael Jordan 86 Fleer dunk like that 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 doesn't that has never been made public if it is ever made public it will be a huge deal i digress the thing that you can do with images, though, is you can look at things within the images and say, what can I learn from them and can I place them to a specific game? Well, in the process of doing that, one of the things you look at is who is playing in a game, right? And so there's a guy who was playing on the Nets. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. You can check it out in my reel. He only played in one of the three games that year that were against the Nets um, in New Jersey. And so in that case, you could actually say, I know what game that's from. And in that case, I believe that it was the, the star card. Um, you're able to pin it to December of 1984, which is pretty cool, right? The other two games, though, um, well, the 86 sticker is from, I think, from like the January game. And then the 86 Fleer is a lot harder to figure out. Well, fortunately, the... Um, the photographer who took the picture, um, there's a lot larger image of the um, of the dunk than what you see on the card. And it shows multiple players on it, and it also shows fans in the background. And all of that's important. None of the players just played in that game, unfortunately, or just played in one game. And because if, if they did, then we would be able to, like we did with the star, identify which game it was from. Um, but the thing that I thought was really cool was that you were able to find, um, although you can't see Jordan's shoes, there's another image of Jordan from the same game. And we know it's from the same game because the crowd, like some of the fans in the, in the background are identical in both pictures. 
and you look at it and you go, okay, I know these are from the same game. In that other picture, you can see Jordan's shoes in. Well, not to get too technical, but on the shoes and, and, and from the website, the Jordan, the Jordan cards website, he says, he said, and I should have, I should have done more to sort of understand what he was trying to say here. But he, he said, if I look at these shoes that are in this image that I know he was wearing also on the image in the B86 FLIR card, I know that, that, you know, that I can see these shoes and these appear to me to be Jordan, um, what are they called? I forget what they're called now. I had, had it in my mind. Um, airships, excuse me. Jordan airships. Jordan only wore airships and Jordan uh, Air Jordans in the same year, or in that year. And he only wore airships up to a certain point. So what you can know is that if he was wearing airships in that image, it had to be the same game as the star card. And that was sort of the, that was sort of like what he came to in his, in his post online. And I was like, oh man, this is so cool. I went and I, I looked at the images of the, of the Air Jordans and the airships and I could see what he was talking about because on the, on the airships, there's the Nike swoosh that's in, in like a different color than white. And then there's a little bit of color above that. And if you look at that image that is from the same game as the 86 FLIR image, you go, oh man, yeah, I can see that little bit of color above the swoosh on Jordan's shoe. That's got to be the airship. Well, that's what he wrote on his on his his website, and I did my research, and, just, and I believe that that was true, and I posted it in the reel this week um, on my Instagram, and then um, a couple of really like sleuthy shoe collectors um, said, Adam, you're not right on this. He's not wearing airships. He's wearing Air Jordans. And I was like, but I looked at the shoes online. I like looked them up. I don't see how there's, there's, there's no other color above the swoosh. What am I missing here? And it turns out there's like different variations of the shoes that do have that color above it. And when, they, when somebody sent it to me, I looked at it and I went, yep, I agree. I think he's not wearing, he's not wearing airships. He's wearing Air Jordans. And since, and, and if that's the case, and I don't know for sure that that's the case, but I believe that what they're saying is true. Then he wasn't. Then it wasn't from the same game as the star card, and so I felt like, wow, this is really huge news. It turns out Jordan's wearing, you know, Jordan's two biggest cards from from early in his career were actually both fo photographed in the same game. While they were against the same team, they're not against the same. They're not against the. Um, they were not from the same game. Uh, the Fleer one, we I believe, is probably from the April 1985 game. Um, and so they got to eat, eat a little bit of humble pie on that. Um, I included some notes on, on the post on Instagram, but if you've seen it and not heard that, I wanted to make sure that, you know, that I mentioned that here, but, um, under the context of this idea that there's a, a, um, Mount Rushmore, the Fleer Jordan is one of those cards that's worth actually going and looking at all the details and where the image came from and everything, because, the card is historically significant. It is the card that many of us sought after for our youth. I know for me it was. It was the last card that I needed for my 1986 FLIR set. I've told that story a million times, but um, I put it together from the time I was nine years old until I was 14 or 15. I never thought I'd afford a Jordan, and then I bought a Jordan um, that has seven creases in it or something. I still own it. I've owned, I don't know how many dozens of Jordan rookies through the years, but... Um, 
but the one that I've kept the whole time is this one. It's graded a 1.5 by Beckett. Uh, I got it graded back in like 1999 or 2000, and I love the card. And and it's not just it's not just a card that you look at and you go, oh yeah, everybody knows it. But it represents a whole era. It represents the greatest player of all time, and it's common enough that you knew about it and you or you heard of it. But it's uncommon enough that just getting one has not ever been an easy thing, um, unless you had a significant amount of money because it's the most popular basketball card ever made. And so for me, clearly the number one spot on the Mount Rushmore is the Michael Jordan rookie card. You've probably heard about Alt, but have you registered for their auction yet? Twice a month, Alt features its liquid auctions event, which caters to collectors of all kinds. The platform is super easy to use, connects to your bank in minutes, and provides a super fun bidding experience. What are you waiting for? Register on Alt XYZ today. Frankly, if anybody tells you anything besides the Jordan rookie, just run. They, they're wrong. <laughs> okay. They don't know what the word iconic means or they don't know what something that like should be on Mount Rushmore. It's, Mount Rushmore doesn't necessarily mean best, right? It probably means iconic, recognizable, those sorts of things. And the Jordan flair is the answer, period. So the question then comes, who are two through four? Who are the competitors for two through four? And that's where um, I appreciate PC uh, P Trade bringing up the iconic 100 um, because I think that's informative to us on how we ought to think about it. I personally don't love the idea of putting another Jordan on the top four. I'd rather keep it as four other people. But I do think that Jordan has a number of cards that are in the same er area, so I think it's worth mentioning those as well. And then at the end... I will tell you what, what I think two through four are, and I'll do it in order. Um, but for the sake of this conversation, I've outlined, I think is it 12 or 13? Let me just check. It is 13 different cards that I think are worth considering for this conversation. All of these are from the top half of the Iconic 100. Um, there's only a couple cards from the Iconic 100 for basketball in the top 50 that I don't have listed here. I don't have the 72 Irving listed here um, as much as I love that card. Uh, I, you know, I won't tell you about all the ones that I didn't include. Let me tell you about the ones that I did. So in chronological order, 1948 Bowman, George Mikan, 1957 Tops, Bill Russell, 1961 Fleer, Wilt, Wilt Chamberlain, 1969 Lou Alcindor, Tops card, the 1980 uh, Triple of Bird, Irving, and Magic, 1984 star, Michael Jordan, 1996, Kobe Bryant. Um, and for that, I've got top slash tops chrome slash tops chrome refractor because they're all of the same form. 1997 Metal Universe MJ, which also includes the PMG red and the PMG green. The 1997 uh, MJ All-Star jersey, which includes both the jersey and the jersey autograph. The 2003 tops chrome LeBron, which includes all the refractor variations. The 2003 LeBron James exquisite, RPA, which is what I mentioned earlier with PC, uh, PCP. Um, he owns two of the 23, but it also includes the ones out of 99. The 2009 Steph Curry NT RPA and the 2009 Steph Tops uh, and Tops Chrome. Those are your 13 options, okay? Those are your competitors. And when you're putting together the Mount Rushmore, what you have to do is you have to try to hit the four that are most important most recognizable. But at the same time, I think you also want to try to like recognize eras. 
you don't just want to list four cards all from the same era, right? And so if you've got four cards from the 80s, probably wrong. If you've got four cards from the 90s, you're probably wrong. That's not how I think you should think about, you know, how you should think, think about this list. That's not how I think about it. Let me, let me leave it at that. You think about however you want to think about it. But to me, there's got to be some, like, importance for an era of the card, right? And, um, guys, this is an exceptionally difficult task. Figuring out who you think should be number two is very tough. I'm going to tell you right now that my number two, for me, is the easiest of the, of the next three. And it's the bird, uh, it's the Magic Irving Bird 1980 Tops card. It's um, an era that changed, say, basketball, and it's three the three guys that did it. it shouldn't exist. Those three guys shouldn't all be on the same card. They were also the feature card on the outside of the box. Um, and in our modern day, people have made it a project to have all three of the guys sign it. Um, the guys are getting up there in age. Um, it's, you know, when, when you think about that era, you think about those three guys and the fact that it's actually truly Magic and Bird's rookie card, too. It's just incredible. Growing up, that was a mythical card. And that's kind of crazy to think about now because it's not like it's that rare. Go look at the population report. There's tons of them. Um, but to me, very clearly, the number two card on the list ought to be this card. Just because it's not as valuable as other things on the list, it just doesn't matter to me. It's important. It, re it represents an era. And you now you might say, but Adam, it's only six years away from from the Jordan and and so I get that I I I get that I think that's a crucial point um, but I I still feel like it's pretty clearly the number two card on the Mount Rushmore of basketball cards. Do you grade your cards? Grading can preserve, protect, and beautify your cards. Well, maybe not all grading companies beautify the cards they grade, but CGC sure does. CGC slabs are so much nicer than the other big three and I send all of my PC cards to them for slabbing. Not only do they make the cards look amazing, but they are ultra durable. I used to think that a slab could only be super clear or super strong, but then CGC showed up. Check them out at cgccards.com today. Number three and number four, I think are, are a lot more difficult. Um, and the reason why is that, um, again, I just feel so strongly about number two. For number three, I'm going to go with the Kobe Bryant 1996 card, um, the Tops, Tops Chrome, Tops Chrome Refractor, and the reason for that um, is, and this again, it's only that's only 10 years after the '86 Fleer MJ, um, but it's long enough after that I don't think that anybody classifies the Kobe and the MJ as from the the same era. I think it's very clearly a different era. The reason that I think it's so important is that. Because it's chrome, and it's the beginning of chrome, it's not the beginning of chromium cards, right? Chromium cards came three years for, before that in finest, but it's, it's clearly the chromium card of the era. People don't like it because it turns green. It doesn't, to me, that doesn't actually matter in terms of whether it's on the Mount Rushmore. What does matter is it's sort of like place in history as a key card um, and, and of a player who I think... You know, and obviously I'm a, I'm a homer here because I'm a Kobe collector, but I, I think that Kobe's presence and importance in, you know, in the world is probably greater than just about anybody else on this list, list except for maybe MJ. 
right? I think Kobe's Kobe's just that critically important to to us as people. Um, and I know I'm not the only one who, when I go on Instagram for more than ten minutes, I'm going to see some snippet of Kobe talking or Kobe playing. Um, he is he's the guy who our kids are going to remember as being like the player of our era. Um, again, along with with Jordan. But but the thing that I think is really critical here is when you think about like Prism and Chrome, and, and you say, okay, what's the card that's like the poster boy of the Chrome and Prism era, which is a 27-year-old 20, era at this point of, you know, love for Chromium cards. I think that's the card. I really do. And now other people are going to say, well, what about the LeBron? Look, LeBron, this is the problem with LeBron's case for the Mount Rushmore. LeBron has two cards that are both top 30 cards on the Iconic 100 list. And to me... That's a problem because they sort of, they, they get in each other's way a little bit. Kobe's second best rookie is, or second most recognizable or important rookie is probably his EX. And that isn't in the same world as like LeBron's Chrome or LeBron's um, Exquisite. And so I, I, I feel, and again, I'm a Kobe collector. I feel like Kobe ought to be number three. And, um, and that's where I put him. Number four is then the most difficult decision on the list. I've already sort of like hinted at not choosing LeBron. I also didn't choose Steph, and it's the exact same reason why I didn't choose LeBron, and that is that although Steph's NT is a huge card and, and like clearly one of the cards of the Panini era, if not the card of the Panini era, he's got that Topps Chrome card, and I just have a hard time separating the two. When we did the Iconic 100, about 40% of the people who voted for both Steph, both Steph cards on their list, about 40% of them had the NT first and about, and about sorry, about 60% of them had the NT first and about 40% of them had the Chrome first. And that's bad <laughs> because no one knows of those two cards, which one ought to be chosen as like the Steph card. I personally lean towards Chrome because it's, it's sort of like available to all, whereas the NT clearly isn't. But the NT is the RPA of the era. And so it's not Steph, it's not LeBron. And to me, it has to be an older card. We've got 80, 86, and 96, you know, 17 years ever that, that are being accounted for here. And so you either need to you know, have something that's newer um, or something that's old to, to represent this. And to me, the new stuff just, it's not there yet in terms of, you know, having a Mount Rushmore. For me, it comes down to this group of older cards, the 48 Mikan, the 61 Fleer Wilt, the 57 Tops Russell, and the 69 Tops uh, Alcindor. Those four cards to me, if I'm being really real, I think those four cards are number four, five, six, and seven on the list. And it's really hard for me to pull them apart. I think Jabbar's clear, or Alcindor's clearly seven. Um, and the reason that I put it that way is because I just think that the taller cards are not loved by a lot of people. And so, um, and so for that reason, I just put it there. But I also recognize that, like, I actually have, I have Jabbar as the second greatest player of all time. So it's hard for me to do that. I think it's helpful that to him that he only has one rookie card. I think it's helpful to, you know, to all these guys that they only have one rookie card. But to me, this the separator here and why I chose the one that I did first is, is like hobby lore. It's the one that you would be far, far less likely to see than the others. 
And and it's so for that reason, to me, it's easily the Mikan. Mikan is number four. I shouldn't say easy, easily. It's not easily, but to me, it's the Mikan. Um, the Mikan is so much rarer than the other cards. Growing up, working at a card shop, um, you know, we take some of these things for granted now that we see them all the time. We didn't see them when we were kids. We didn't see them in shops when we were younger. Uh, the shops that I went into, I will tell you, I saw less than three Wilt Chamberlain rookies in all my years. I saw less than five Jabbar rookies or Alcindor rookies in all my years. I only saw one or two Russells, and I never saw a Mikan. Um, it is it is truly like like those those cards are incredibly difficult to find, but but the Mikan is easily the rarest of the group. And so being the one that was always the most expensive in Beckett, being the first one of those, I think um, I think putting Mike in four on this list of, um, or on, on the Mount Rushmore, the top four, I think that's the right pick. I would probably go with Russell five, Wilt six, Jabbar seven, and I'd probably go with the LeBron Exquisite 8. Um, I don't feel good about putting the LeBron Exquisite 8. I wish, I'd like to put it higher. I think its importance as a, a as a piece of uniform slash autograph is just huge. But the fact that there's not a lower end variation of it that gives people any chance, the fact that there's only 99 and then 23, um, it's I, I think that the Mikan's rarity is helpful, but it's there's so many more Mikans than there are of the, of the LeBron. Right? Owning the LeBron is like a, a millionaire's game. Owning a Mikan is feasible for, for a lot more people. And so for me, that's your list. Um, I also like, going back to the Kobe, I like that there's a cheaper variation of that. Um, the, you, could, you could actually put all four of these cards together in low grade for under three grand. Uh, maybe even 2500 bucks, And to me, that's, I think that's super, super cool. Um, I think, I think that um, it's really interesting thought exercise. I think that the, that the Jordans on the list, again, let's, let's, let's mention the Jordans again that didn't make it. The Star, the Metal Universe, the Game Jersey, Game Jersey Auto, and that's it. I just don't think you can put any of those up there with the other guys because although Jordan is the guy, I don't think you want. I don't think you can put him on the Mount Rushmore or even like a top five or six or seven list more than more than once. And that was one of the things about the iconic 100 that I I didn't like that happened. People love Jordan so much that they just put him on the list so many times. Um, I think he was on the list 12 times altogether in the top 100, and to me that's too many. If I open up the iconic 100 book now, and I go to the end. There is a list, and um, Jordan's number two, and then LeBron James is number five. His exquisite is number five, with baseball cards in between. I wonder if people still would say that that's right. If we redid the list today, given what's happened to the values on the exquisite, I wonder if people would still put it at number five. As far as, like how iconic something is and its value, those two things ought not to be connected, but I still think they are. Um, the Bird Magic Irving was number eight in the iconic 100. I still feel like that's a really good placement. It's also sort of interestingly um, the most iconic horizontal card of all time. 
I, in my personal list, put the Mickey Mantle Bowman ahead of it by one spot, which would which would have made it the the most iconic horizontal card of all time. Um, but um, it didn't it didn't beat it didn't beat it, and it actually ended up 14th overall. Um, if I keep looking down the list a little bit, uh, let's see. Wilt is number 12. Um, Alcindor is number 16. Russell is 17. Kobe is 15. So I have Kobe third on this list, and Kobe, as far as basketball cards on here, is one, two, three, four, five. See, the Metal Universe Jordan came in at 11. I just think that's too high. I think that's too high. I don't. I don't think that. I don't think anybody should put the Jordan that high. I don't. I don't want to tell everybody else what they should do, but it represents the '90s clearly. It's clearly the card that you think of when you think of '90s inserts and parallels, which ironically is a very different group than the people than the Kobe Bryant '96. Isn't that interesting that we think about those things totally different? It's almost like they're from different eras, and they're separated by one year. So interesting to me. All right, we're going to cut it off there. Guys, thank you for joining uh, the Basketball Card Podcast. Be sure to check out uh, my Instagram, dropping lots and lots of fun reels. I always appreciate when you guys like and comment. Please like, comment, subscribe to this, to Basketball Card Fanatic Magazine, to the reels, to all the things that we're working on, trying to provide as much awesome basketball card content as we can on a day-to-day and week-to-week basis. Hope you guys are all well and have a great weekend. And until next time, happy collecting. Thanks for listening to the Basketball Card Podcast. Reminder to subscribe to Basketball Card Fanatic Magazine at bcfmag.com. Remember to use discount code BASKETBALL10 for 10% off any item in the store. That's bcfmag.com.